DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, will be joining us here momentarily. The Cougars, a perfect 4-0, ranked 13th in the country. Getting ready for a trip to Logan to play Utah State. Aggies yeah, off to a nice 3-1 and start of their own. Time to welcome in Dylan Cauley. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Dylan, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Good. I wondered if you were happy, if you were excited, if you were a little, uh, maybe a little jealous. Offensive line with a perfect pocket quarterback with just no pressure on him at all, picking out receivers 40 yards downfield. Does that kind of stuff make you salivate? Absolutely. Every single time. <laughs> did you, Fun to watch, though, too. Did you notice that it seemed like they were willing to go deeper, to go deep more often with Romney than Hull? Or am I making that up? Uh, I think it was, I think, yes, absolutely. And I, I, I think you go off of the talent level of the defense, right? Um, and, you know, I think that was probably one of South Florida's biggest, uh, you know, biggest struggles was the ability to stay one-on-one with those guys. And so knowing that, hey, it's a weaker defense and, they don't have a lot going for them. I think if it was Jaron in there or Baylor, they, they would have gone down the field a lot more. Okay, so you think it was just the defense, not the quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So did it bug you the second half watching uh, the long drives, or did you think, well, it's 20-6, to six, it's largely over at this point? They never had the ball with a chance to tie the game. I mean, to be honest with you, I think there is the – like the fun of it, right? I mean, like 100, I was very surprised to wake up Sunday and see that BYU was ranked 13th um, due to, right, like the way in which they won. Now you add in the factors and you take the injuries, right? You take the difference in quarterback, which I'm not saying there's a huge drop-off between the two, but um you know, I thought, hey, in order for us to be able to move up in those spots, we need to win by at least three possessions. Um, so I think what that just kind of shows is the tides are changing on what everyone's, what the outside, right, believes about what BYU is capable of and, and how good of a football team that they, they really are. Um, do I wish it would have kind of, the momentum would have stayed in our favor? Absolutely. I think that would have been more fun to watch, but Ultimately, right, when you know a team is just going to kind of sit there and waste their own clock and, you know, kick onside kicks uh, in positions they don't need to, uh, I think you can just kind of hold on and say, all right, let's just keep everybody healthy and safe. So in your mind, when Hall's ready, he's a starting quarterback? Absolutely. All right. 100%. But I do. I but once again, right? There, there is something to be said about having three Division One quarterbacks in a room, right? Like you look at the talent across the board. Baylor could go, you know, pretty much anywhere, and he could start at any Mountain West school. He could start at, at a, you know, even some of the 
like he could go to a Wake Forest and start. Um, like Baylor is an extremely, extremely good quarterback. Right now, I think the better fit for BYU's offense and going off of what A-Rod and Fess know, you know, what is best for the offense today is, is Jaron's that guy. How much experience did you have? What was your experience with the BYU-Utah State rivalry? Um, growing up, growing up, it wasn't, uh, obviously that was a different time in Utah State, with Utah State, right? And then, so the wagon wheel just wasn't that, it wasn't that focused on because of the way that, you know, Utah and, and BYU stood. Whereas when I was at Hawaii is when things really started to pick up and I'd get, right, like it was a huge deal. It was a much bigger deal. And so seeing it through the lens of, you know, my friends who Quinn Ficklin and Roman Andrus who went to Utah State and played there, um, and seeing it through that lens and then being able to watch that game and see how Utah State kind of, you know, dominated quite a few years, I think it's really turned a corner. And um, the, the way that I felt after we got absolutely trounced by Utah State um, my senior year at BYU – like it, it did have a different feeling to it and, and not seeing that just in the meeting room all the time, you know, cause I, when you get the wagon wheel, that thing stays at the very front of the meeting room all year long. And there hadn't really been a time growing up when I'd go to BYU that the wagon wheel wasn't there. My freshman year at BYU, the wagon wheel was there and then kind of coming back and seeing it gone and not having it be a part of the day, uh, it leaves a it leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth, especially when you know it's a, it's what's expected. So going forward, in a couple of years, when they get those uh, when they get in the Big Twelve, obviously they're going to have a bunch of conference games remaining to be seen, eight, nine, or ten, whatever it might be. So the opportunities for non conference games are going to be limited. If you had to choose between Utah State and Utah, who would you choose? Utah, no question. Even though they have chosen not to play you, and Utah State, it says yes, we'll play you every season when we're an independent and we need games. And Utah says nope, not doing it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's an opportunity to go back and right. As much as people don't want to say it, like it's still a huge part of the college football rivalry, right? Like. It is a rivalry, and you know, I think that it is a game that should be on both of their schedules forever. I can hear people just grinding their teeth, others screaming at the radio right now. <laughs> but you, you're not even hedging a little bit. What a collie! <laughs> no. no, no question, no question. How could you not want that game every like? Just just think about as as much as forget them. And, and I'm just speaking as a sheer college football fan here. Yeah. Right. Do not get rid of that game. That would be bad ball for the entire state. What is that? I mean, all it does is you know if you want everyone to come together, you know, and cheer each other on. But in regards to rivalry in college football and where this place stands in college football scope. Right now, adding BYU to a Big 12 conference, and you've got three very successful, you know, programs right in the state, along with 
very successful FCS schools in the state. I mean, it's, it's a college football haven, but for the history and maintaining and, you know, it's not like it's ever going to be just a bad game. It's going to be a phenomenal game, especially when BYU starts adding, you know, the Big 12 experience all the time. Right, I think the thing would be that they blew you off. They blew you off for Michigan, and now in your final two, uh, well, not in your final two years, but going forward the next two years before you go into the Big 12, which is only one year, but anyway, Utah has blown off BYU to play Florida. So it's like, yeah, we'll play you unless we find a better-looking date to the dance. Right. So screw and them. Uh, I was going to call right you Austin, now, but screw right. them, Dylan. <laughs> right. But right now we're ranked 13th. So, so screw yeah. them back. Yeah, I like it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, if you want to look at it, they can think they, it can always be this blow-off thing. It can always be this BYU's just not there yet. And, you know, I think last year we were ranked above them as well. Yes. Um, and this year, too. No, so what and you're then, saying, it's no longer a fluke. It's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so you've got, uh, you've got that game going forward. You would play that even if they go to, like, 10 conference games. You, I mean, you don't care. There's, like, there's no scenario. I can sit here and list scenarios, but I'd just be wasting my time, wouldn't I? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, that, that game, that, and that's just, once again... Right, like it is a personal football fan, BYU fan, like bias on that game, right? Like it's it's a uh, it's an important game. I think it's important for the schools. I think it's important for the state. And uh, you know, it's it's big time. So last week uh, we didn't know it at the time we were talking to you, but you said unequivocally that the Utes should have uh, gone with Rising early on, and then it turns out that uh, after we get done talking with you later on, Brewer literally quits the team, and they're going with Rising because the other guy just walked away, said, nope, I'm, I'm done here, I'm out. So with that in mind, you're getting your wish. And I saw that uh, you'd uh, we were included on some of the Twitter stuff. You never said that Utah would have beaten BYU. You just said it would have been the complexion of the game would have been different. You didn't, as far as I can recall, you didn't right. say that they would have won. You just said the complexion of the game. So you got your cho- uh, your your way by for the Utes as far as that goes. Starting rising now, and we didn't necessarily see a stellar performance from him last week. And they've got the time off this week. Uh, what are you expecting as far as the Utes being better offensively now that Rising is going to be the guy? Yeah, I think you look at. You know, and and first of all, right, you look at what a team like Utah is going through right now, yeah. and to you know, and and you know, you you go back to the cliche of you know the the prayers and support are out to the Utah family and Aaron Lowe's family, and um, to uh, <clears throat> sorry <laughs> to lose two teammates within a 12 month span without even, you don't even look at the uh, scope of 
right? Whether you knew the person, whether you were locker mates with them, whether you were best friends, there is a, there's nothing harder for a team to lose teammates. And so when I genuinely say, right, I've been thinking about the Utah team, thinking about the Utah community for, you know, the, the entire week, uh, the only thing that you can do going forward, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the head coach is, is find ways to, to hold on to each other. And you make that the focus of your life and your football season to ensure that everybody around you is taken care of. Um, the wins, the losses at that point, it just really doesn't matter. You want to make sure your teammates, the staff, uh, and everybody is in a place where they can function together and, and no one goes out of sight at that point. And so with that being said, right, you have the opportunity to put yourself in a place where you're not thinking about anything because, right, it is a very, a very, very numbing feeling. You put yourself in a place where you're thinking about nothing but your Utah family and Utah football. And that's the momentum that will carry them, I believe, through the rest of the season, through the rest of the Pac-12. Um, and ultimately, I think they, they have the ability, they're in a position to where right, I think they, they run the tables and have the opportunity to go and play, uh, play in the Pac-12 South Championship. When you start talking like that, I think for Ute fans who just saw the most recent game, it's a little hard to believe. But on the other hand, right. if you've seen all of the recent Pac-12 South games, it's not that hard to believe. It's a pretty underwhelming group right now. Absolutely. And, and that's why you can say that, right? And, you know, with the addition of Cam Rising coming in and the two weeks off, I think there is a really good opportunity for him to come and take control of himself to be able to say, okay, this is my team. This is my time. I don't have anything to lose here, right? Like there's nothing to lose. And so he can just go in and play in a mentality that says, okay, let's just go have fun. Let's sling this thing around to what is available to me, right? Um, I think that he is – he, I mean, the kid, the dude has an incredible level of talent, right? It's just, I think, in watching him, right, it's the mental trusting himself, trusting his teammates, and knowing that he's in control of the situation and that it's his team to take over. Um, and once he does that, and I think the bye week and the two weeks kind of gives him that opportunity personally. And so hopefully he can kind of come in and keep the momentum and, yeah, he's going to make some mistakes, and things are going to. There's going to be growing pains, but they they have the talent, you know, on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball to do it. Only worry being the offensive line. Dylan, we'll leave it right there with you. We appreciate the time and the opinions as always. And Tom Homo will take all of your scheduling advice under consideration. Perfect. 
<laughs> Thanks, Dylan. How's it going? All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us.